Hello, I'm Bill Dumay, Vice Chair of Communications with the DC Young Republicans, and you're listening to the District Download. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the District Download. My name is Bill Dumay, Vice Chair of Communications for the DCYRs. I am here tonight joined by three incredible young leaders in the DMV. We've got uh, Thomas Turner in Virginia on the line. We've got Maria Sophia from Maryland on the line. And we have our very own Robert Sinners on the line as well. Uh, So tonight we're just going to talk a little bit about what happened this year. Uh, highlight some of the things that our chapters did, as well as look forward towards the future. And uh, before we get going with the episode, I just want to say that these are our own personal views we're sharing with you tonight, and they in no way, shape, or form representative of our respective chapters or federations. Uh, just to, you know, DC speak, you know. Um, but without it further ado, uh, Sinners, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right, guys. Uh, just down here in Georgia. Uh, I've been working down here uh, in various capacities uh, since June. Um, we are hard at work to ensure that everything that happened uh, during the election um, is brought to light. Again, I represent myself in my personal capacity uh, as chairman of the DC Young Republicans tonight. Um, but things are going well. I'm very hopeful that some of these um, court challenges are going to move forward. I think that the uh, team down here did a fantastic job. Uh, As some of you have probably read, um, there's a lot of um, things to be looking at, and I'm confident that that is uh, going to be addressed in due time in a due venue, uh, and we'll have our day in court. Um, we We have two fantastic races with two fantastic candidates coming up. And I think the momentum and the energy down here is just absolutely outstanding. Uh, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler um, are going to be reelected as United States senators. We are going uh, to retain the Senate uh, and protect uh, in the event that Joe Biden would become president. Uh, We are going to make sure that we have a check uh, on that power and some of the most liberal policies that are going to be coming uh, from any uh, sort of uh, Pelosi run house. So I'm excited. The energy down here is just incredible. And it's going to be a long month. But everyone that I've come in contact to, uh, voters are energized for our candidates. Uh, the staff down here is incredible, uh, working seven days a week. I know that uh, I'm going to take a nice long vacation when this is all over. Um, and just, just, the work being done, the behind the scenes is just outstanding. And it just speaks highly of, of, of all of the talent on the ground here. Um, with that being said, um, I'd love to kind of kick off, you know, maybe we could, maybe we could chat. Uh, what are you guys hearing from DC about what's happening down here? And, you know, is there anything I need to, to correct? Well, I definitely think that all eyes are indeed on are in Georgia. And while I'm coming to you all from southeastern Connecticut for the holidays this season with my family, uh, I've been hearing a lot from our respective members that they are interested in getting involved in Georgia. Uh, I know YRNF is putting a huge push out there to get people to make phone calls and then do a, a end of the year New Year's Eve um, 
deployment down there, which I think we'll be talking about a little bit later in this episode, but there's a lot of excitement. And just to echo everything you said, Sinners, uh, I'm hearing a lot of the same. And we know you're doing great work down there. So we know you're you're on the front lines down there in Georgia. You know, um, you know yeah, Sinners, just echoing what um, Bill said, you've, you've been doing a, an amazing job. Really proud of you, all the work that you guys are doing in Georgia. Um, you know, I, I can say... Uh, I'm looking forward to coming down on the uh, for the New Year's deployment, and I also know that some of my clubs in Virginia um, are most definitely going to give you a little bit of love, give a little bit of love to the uh, Georgia uh, races. I know one of my larger clubs in the beach is already like we're going to do a call night, and you know I, I'm all I'm hearing even from my state party chairman and I have actually talked about we got to do what we can to save the Senate. Um, there's a lot of importance behind that. So um, I just, you know, what I'm hearing from the ground is that you guys are fighting. And I think that's what a lot of our party wants to see is um, that we're not quitting and that we're pressing forward because we know that this can, that we can win these two seats. Yeah. And I, I think just some hope... of the... Oh, go ahead. Senators. Go ahead. No, no, no. I've already spoken. Um, I'll just say quickly um, a number of my friends at the Georgia Republican party um, visit gagop.org and sign up there. Um, there will be plans to bring in out-of-state uh, volunteers, especially uh, in the last week of early voting and on Election Day. And any young Republican that would like to come down uh, would be welcome, and we will need your help. Um, it's going to be a battle to the bitter end, and as many uh, boots on the ground that we can get making those calls, knocking on those doors, making those voter contacts is going to be crucial to the success of the Republican Party in Georgia. All right, folks, you heard it from the man himself. Go G-A-G-O-P dot org to help our man sinners down there on the ground and all the great uh, volunteers uh, and supporters from across the nation helping get uh, Senators Purdue and Loeffler over the finish line come January 5th. We already have a couple good uh, D.C. young Republicans down here. Uh, so, so we need more. We want more. So everybody come on down. We could use you. Yeah. And I know for the next couple of podcasts, we'll, episodes, we'll definitely be raising Georgia again and the importance thereof, uh, getting folks to get active and get engaged down there because campaign season is not over yet. It is not. And I know Maryland, I was yeah. saying, and I know Maryland is, is getting ready to head down as well. And I know we've definitely been registering a lot of our young Republicans to be able to um, go phone bank. So we're very excited about that. And I think there's not only energy just in Virginia and DC, but we have it in Maryland as well. And I know our state party is also uh, gonna try and get some volunteers to go down there as well. Uh, as you were saying, centers, uh, during the towards the end of early voting as well. Fantastic, I love to hear it. Anything more to add on Georgia, anyone? I wish guys, there's just a lot of stuff down here I can't share, but. You know, after after January fifth, might be uh, might be the uncensored version. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and taking a well-needed vacation. Absolutely. Any plans? Uh, anywhere you're thinking of? I'm thinking somewhere sunny. I've always been partial to Belize. Um, probably somewhere Central America, maybe with a beach nearby. Looking at Belize, Honduras. You know, it all depends on travel restrictions, but uh, yeah, that's where my, that's where my head's at. Take a nice long vacation. Good man. Well, we hope that you are able to go somewhere sunny, and hopefully, this vaccine gets out, and we're all able to travel once again uh, in the new year. So, 
So if we want to pivot just a little bit from Georgia, let's talk about the year that was. So we've got three, all three DMV uh, YRNF chairs for each state. It has been one year for the record books. Uh, I don't think anybody here would have ever have thought that the year would have gone had it went. Uh, so just like, let's start talking a little bit about what, what, where we started and where we're at now, kind of like that meme that's been filtering around on uh, Twitter in recent months. So uh, let's start with Maria. So how'd your year start off and how'd it end up? Yeah. So our year started, it was really interesting. So we knew going into 2020, we had um, a bunch of local elections. We, I mean, we had obviously our congressional, but it wasn't a big year for Maryland in the grand scheme of other elections. So we went into it knowing, okay, we're going to be helping our friends across the country. We're going to be doing what we can. Um, so it's just a matter of, for us, continuing to build on that as we, as we go into 2021 and starting to root can, I guess, as everyone knows, uh, 2022 is when our really big cycle is. So we have a, it's every four years, so it'll be 22. Our, our last one was in 18, obviously. So uh, we really focused on helping our candidates how we could. When when COVID hit, we kind of got uh, creative how we were doing it. Uh, so we were thinking about doing some of our online forums that we were doing for our Republican candidates, uh, doing that um, in a virtual way, but it didn't really kind of work out. But what we found was, as you know, as they say, you know, uh, when, when people... Uh, impersonate you or try to copy what you're doing. It's the greatest form of flattery. Uh, we were doing candidate forums pre-primary. Our primary was in uh, June. So we were doing them pre-primary and we're like, this is great. This is how we can engage Republicans in a primary way without picking sides. And so that was for us, that's how we were knocking off some of our YRNF goals by doing, you know, primary forums. And then we were live streaming them and just uh, getting the engagement that we needed. Then we shifted into phone banking and texting when we couldn't go out and door knock. And then we eased back into door knocking, which we found obviously to be successful this year because we were engaging different clubs. We were recruiting through texting. We were uh, doing events with our respective auxiliaries at our state party. So it was a really interesting year for us. Overall, we grew. We're very proud of that. We were able to still fundraise in unique ways. Uh, we did some interesting collaborative events. The one that comes to mind for us was in May. We did a CR Day MDYR uh, Cinco de Mayo event, which was how we were collaborating with the CRs to get their seniors to become YRs. And it was a virtual happy hour that we did. I think it lasted from like 5 p.m. until like 2 a.m. It was insane. We just had YRs and CRs coming in and out on the Zoom call. So it was really neat for us to kind of get to know new people and you could have conversations and, you know, bring your drink and uh, just kind of chit chat. So it was it was really nice because I think for a lot of people, it was the first time they were really able to get all their friends or all their YRs in their whatever in one place because of the circumstances. So that was really fun. Um, so overall, um, I think it was a productive year for us. I'm looking forward to a year where we are in person again. We're able to do our fundraising. We had to cancel our YR roast, which was sad, uh, which is a highly anticipated event uh, with our former governor, Bob Ehrlich. So we're gonna be looking to do that. We had to put a couple of other projects we were working on on hold. But as a whole, I think we were able to grow. We were able to do a lot. We made our voter contacts. We accomplished our YRNF goal. So, you know, we, we did what we could. And uh, we found ways to network with legislators through our wire and chill uh, online stream, 
and and just kind of our, our members thought out of the box. So it was really cool to see people get creative and do their own things as well. If there were ever a year to designate some sort of product or technology with it, it's definitely Zoom. This was the year of Zoom. Uh, absolutely 100%. So Thomas, what about you? Uh, how'd your year start off and how did it end up? Well, you I know, hate Zoom. <laughs> I, I, I was about things. to say, I was about, um, let's be honest. I, I literally, uh, how my year ended literally, uh, being on an eight hour zoom call is how my year ended. Um, you know, my, with uh, serving on my, uh, Virginia GOP central committee. Um, uh, but you know how it began. I mean, I had big plans to do deployments and travel the state to, uh, do major club development. And obviously with uh, the, the virus happening, I had to figure out how to prepare for local elections where we're going to deploy be boots on the ground for some targeted races to completely going cyber um, and going to just straight up phone banking. And that's kind of what we, I had to shift very quickly. I was blessed to get technology that wasn't Zoom to do my live streams. Um, thanks to my phenomenal national committee woman, uh, Jesse Rapage and, you know, uh, Jack Lakely, those two guys really uh, helped me out significantly be able to transition YRP from a traditional organization to a digital organization through those heightened times of COVID-19. And so we started doing live streams and we started doing trainings on how, to, how the Republican Party of Virginia works. We started doing candidate profiles. We started doing interviews of candidates running for city council, especially our YR candidates. We had, I was fortunate um, that in the midst of a virus, you know, I was able to see a YR get elected city council in Chesapeake, Virginia, and he was the top vote getter. And um, he did it through absentee ballots, which is a, usually not something how Republicans win. So that was really cool. Um, but post that, we were able to just keep trucking. We were able to go door knocking and we started deploying. And we were able to still do our traditional deployments this cycle, which is a pretty big deal. And on top of that, we were still able to go down south a little bit and help out our friends in uh, North Carolina and South Carolina with some targeted races as well. And, you know, we were, like Maria, we hit our goals, which I was absolutely, absolutely shocked. And I'm actually shocked that I was in the top 10. Um, it's that, you know, I was very proud of my federation to get in there. Um, and overall, very proud of them. Um, this has been a tough year for us um, with our identity in the party. Um, there was an element trying to silence our voice, uh, limit our seat at the table and watching a lot of and having to fight uh, for that voice was 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 tough, but uh, we overcame it. Uh, we were able to stop some horrendous amendments that were taking our our voice at the party level, and you know, we we just kept trucking and we said, you know what, we're gonna keep we're gonna show the party that we can work hard. I was able to begin fundraising independently um, from our traditional methods, and you know, it's just been, you know, we began with a plan that we're gonna you know really focus on club development, physically um, traveling to clubs as on um, the chair working with our units to going straight digital and having to figure out how to navigate that stuff. So that was tough, but overall, I'm very proud of Virginia Federation. I'm very proud of the work that my team's done um, and very proud of, um, you know, even though we couldn't uh, take back our Senate seats and those uh, corridor seats that we lost in 2018, there were some big local wins um, locally in the beach. I was proud to see two of my YRs um, dominate their reelection bid for city council. Um, and just overall, locally, we did very well. And seeing a lot of YR step and wanted to be on city council and school board was really encouraging to see. Outstanding. Sounds like you've had a good year politically. I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll kick things off with me. 
um, this has just been a whirlwind of the year. Um, unfortunately, you know, one of the things being the DC uh, YRs is that, you know, we're expecting deployment and COVID just put a wrench into that. Um, so a lot of this has been uh, finding other ways to keep people involved um, through through candidate Zooms. I mean, people are sick and tired of Zooms. And I hope that in 2021, we're going to be getting together, doing what we do best, uh, getting everybody on board and, and ready for some off-year elections. Because I think that's where, uh, you know, unfortunately, we kind of lost some talent uh, because people, people, we have a year where people did not do the activism that we're used to doing um, every single year. You know, we always find something uh, for our members to do, whether it's off-year elections in uh, Virginia or, you know, a congressional cycle, there's always something for our members to do. And this year has been impossible. So that's been a huge leadership challenge to our organization. Additionally, um, being outside of D.C., um, working down here has has really uh, made it hard for me to connect with my members and know exactly uh, how to engage people. You know, under ner- num- under normal circumstances, and I've said this to Bill, I've said this to other people, under, nor- nor- under normal circumstances, I probably would have gotten out of the way and said, well, you know, I can't do it. But with this and the world we live in, it's just been such a challenge. And it's 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 been almost impossible to really get the level of involvement for these elections. And I hope that people uh, will consider coming down to Georgia because, you know, it is a bit of a different environment. Thankfully, uh, some vaccines have been uh, approved. And, you know, I think we could be headed into a more normal uh, 2021. Um, on the other end of the co- of the coin, there's the personal life, which I won't even get into because it's been such a whirlwind. But I have to say, um, you know, residing in Fulton County, uh, Georgia has been fun. Uh, it will be fun. I may be considering making moves uh, for the long term. I'm I'm actually kind of kind of looking toward that. I think. Um, and I think there's going to be some new chapters happening in 2021, uh, growth for our organization, growth for our club nas- nationally, and I think a lot of uh, of of good, positive uh, return to normalcy and doing what we do best, which is which is activating and motivating uh, young Republicans to get out there and uh, be involved. And so it's been an interesting year, um, and I'm looking forward to what we have in store in 2021. Couldn't have said that better myself. It has definitely been a whirlwind of the year. I could pinpoint that exact week like most people on the call are right now with how we just went from complete normalcy to just absolute life getting flipped over on its head and having the change on a moment's notice. And I I remember that meeting in March, you know, right after CPAC where everybody was coming back from that and we're just kind of thinking, oh, this is just going to be like H1N1. It's going to be a de- some of it, some of a big deal, but not really. And all of a sudden, Tom Hanks got it. NBA shut down. That was the moment where I was thinking to myself, this is going to be something. And from, from what it sounds like, it seems like all of our federations have adapted the change. Uh, I think, Maria, you highlighted on one of the things you, you said, uh, the YR and chill sessions that you all have done. And as a participant, as a watcher, as some of those, I found it fascinating. Um, 
you want to talk about any particular episodes that you yeah you, ha- you enjoy putting on? Yeah, I mean, I really liked it because I personally like listening to my YRs when they co-hosted. Like, there were ones obviously that I wasn't on, and I honestly sometimes I enjoyed those even more because it allowed me to even learn about my young Republicans. I, my vice chair really took a lead on those in a lot of them, but I, you know, I can recall a couple episodes where we had some wires from our Baltimore area chapter. We had a uh, Washington County, uh, one of our, our Western Maryland uh, uh, chapter uh, members on a call with her as well. Um, I think I two episodes that come to mind for me, the ones that I participated in were um, a conversation with Senator Mary Beth Carrozza, who we did a wire deployment for in 2018. She was one of our Senate pickups, uh, which was huge for us. So thank you to the YRs. I know DC YRs had a huge role in that deployment. So thank you guys. And we had a couple from Virginia as well. Uh, you guys really, we had two vans, busloads, two big vans essentially that came to the Lower Eastern Shore to knock doors for the entire weekend in Ocean City, which was great. Um, and so I appreciate all of that. And I, I've always appreciated the partnership with, with our DMV chapters because it's been great for us to be able to elect Republicans up and down the ballot. So that was great. So that was really cool to kind of debrief. We talked a little bit actually about that deployment on that episode. It was kind of like uh, getting the team back together, if you will, because Melissa actually works with her, who's my vice chair, and it's just a really cool experience. The other one that comes to mind actually for me uh, was a more recent one that we did with our recently elected councilwoman, Nicole Ackley from Wicomico County, which a lot of people don't really know, but she was a, was a sitting councilwoman and the Democrats, interestingly, um, have a, there are some pockets on the Eastern Shore that a lot of people don't realize. And that was another bit reason why Senator Carrozza's race was really big. But she in particular was like the deciding vote on a lot of things. It's a one vote majority for Republicans. And so her race was really crucial for us to hold on to because we didn't want to turn over that council to the Democrats going into uh, to the 2022 cycle where they felt like they could get some ground and maybe unseat some delegates or something. So that was really big for us because you know, we were able to kind of have a really cool conversation. She won in November. So that's the bigger part of it, why it was great. But we, had, we talked about some really local issues on that. So if you were a local resident, it was actually a very interesting conversation. Uh, but she's another um, Republican woman rising star. That was really cool to do. It was an all female episode. So that was really fun. And we've also had episodes, obviously, Thomas and, and Sinners, you did an episode with me. That was super fun. That was our first one, actually. So it's like my little test run. So I appreciate you guys being my guinea pigs on that. Always. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was super fun. And after we did it, or actually, no, it was our second episode, actually, I take that back. We did Congressman Harris first. But um, that was the one, I think, where we started really picking up traction uh, because people were all like, oh, this is actually a really cool conversation because I always get the feedback from people in our party, at least in Maryland, well, we, we want to hear more from the young people. We want to do this. And then they like see a podcast of three you know, young Republicans from D.C., Virginia, and Maryland. And they're like, oh, this is actually fascinating. And so I actually... That episode in particular is the one I've gotten the most feedback on uh, and positive feedback, uh, just to clarify. Um, so, uh, but it, no, I mean, those are great episodes and I, I enjoy them and we kind of took a little hiatus for the holidays and we fully intend on revamping those uh, because it, it's fun for us, but we also get to talk to legislators and local officials and stuff. So I really enjoy them, I, I, but I actually enjoy them more when I see my YRs run them and, and not necessarily me because I, I learn more about them and the candidates. So, And that was my first episode I tuned into as well. And I just I just felt like I was with you all uh, through the computer screen 
enjoying my beverage as we were at the early portions of the pandemic. And I found it entertaining and at the same time reassuring and calming. Um, so Thomas, did you have something to add? Oh yeah. You know, that's the same, same concept with me is something that Maria hit on. I actually enjoyed the live streams when I was not on them. Um, because I would get to be on these live streams like all the time and it'd be like, I want to see if my, you know, both my national committee man and woman used to would co-host and I would get some of my district reps involved. Um, and seeing them like talking to candidates and we did like, we had our state chairman's convention during the pandemic. So our convention was like a drive-through style convention. And we were the only ones to interview all three of the candidates running for chairman. And I purposely said I was not going to interview one of them. Um, A, because I was going to endorse one. Um, and B, I just wanted to see, I wanted them to see other YRs. Um, and it was really cool to see how they interact with the candidates, how they talk to them. They set up their own scripts. I gave out the basic questions, but I let them have their own style. Um, and it was really cool to see that. Also just adding a little bit more, some of our chapters did live, live streams as well. It was really cool to see how they interact with candidates and how they put their local flair to the uh, candidates that are running for office, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I was just really, it's really, it's, it is a lot better because when you're a chairman, um, the attention's on you and it's not always on the federation. And so everyone sees you like you're the chairman. It's like, but really it's like, they do all the work. You know, I get the credit, but they do the work. And it's really cool to uh, see them in action. And um, I, that's one of the things I hated about this year is I like to go around and travel. I want to like, if they're like, fighting the Democrats on some policy or they're pounding the payment. I want to go knock with them. And I couldn't do that this year and it sucked. Um, and, you know, I was blessed that we were able to get in at the fall cycle to do our deployment, normal deployment scheduling. But during the summer, you know, not having our, we didn't get to have our cyber convention. We had to have our convention cyber or happy hour, statewide happy hour. So, I mean, that type of stuff was milestones that uh, a lot of them didn't get to have. So, but um, that's it on that end. Yeah, part and part two with our chapter, um, we've been doing a lot of experimenting with the live streams and of course this podcast, this podcast being born from a similar idea, idea as Maryland's uh, YR and chill sessions where we bring on uh, experts, young Republicans from DC, the general area and beyond, interview them, get a sense of what their take is on the issues, what their policy specialty backgrounds may be to offer and to add to the conversation. And we were able to get this off the ground um, towards the election cycle right before then and interview a few candidates, but definitely this is something um, for those listening and we want to put in full force for 2021 and get on a regular weekly schedule. Um, so that way you, we have some regularity with when episodes come out. So be on the lookout for that. A shameless plug right there while I have the con. Uh, but, but again, a lot of this experimentation really, I just, it's been, an experiment nonetheless. And I think all three of our chapters really leaned into that. Um, so shifting gears to another topic, I wanted to ask all of you, um, what were some of your highs for the year? And what were some of your lows for the year? This is a question I like to ask my interns when they come uh, for the summer, uh, get a sense of what their weeks were like. But now I'm asking you, even though you're not my interns, but uh, just to get a sense of what your high for the year was and what your low for the year was. And it could be anything. Gosh, you sound like my old boss. He did the same thing on our weekly staff meetings. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess my high for the year is 
the amount of growth that we saw, we got really innovative with texting. And, and I've talked, we, we talk a lot about this, at least in our own chapter in our state party really leaned into that. So we found that when we were leaning into technology, our state party wanted to follow suit. And we really worked together on that. So the collaboration with our state party and the collaboration between our chapters to work together, do texting and just to recruit members uh, was really there. So very proud of that. Very, that's very much my high because I saw an increased collaboration, which is always important. My low for the year is definitely probably the fact that we did not be, we were not able to put on the in-person events that we wanted to, which allowed us, that would have been able to allow us to fundraise. So we are in a, we're still in a very good financial position, all things considered for Maryland. Uh, we have found ways to raise money um, in, in kind of off the wall, little interesting ways, you know, fundraising emails, just trying to get people to do it. And a couple of things when we had instances of things we can do in person in conjunction with the party, taking advantage of that. Uh, we still were able to sell, we sold our, our, our Christmas ornament at the state party convention this past weekend. So we were able to raise what we would have off of our Christmas party doing that. So that was good. Uh, that was a new idea. So we didn't have that on the um, budget that we usually would because it was a brand new thing. So that was good. And, you know, if we were able to, um, do that, I think we would have been in a very good financial position going into Indianapolis next summer. Uh, Cause I, I always have had the goal as chair to be able to pay the due, or I'm sorry, pay the registration and pay the hotels of all my members. And I tell them just get there. And we were able to do that in the convention where I was just elect or when I had just been elected back in Omaha. And I wanted to do the same thing for Indianapolis. And I, we're in a, we're definitely in a financial position to do so. And I'm very happy about that but certainly would love to raise some more money to be able to, to do a little bit more for them as well. Thomas, your highs and lows? Oh, the big, uh, the highs I would say is literally the local elections. I mean, literally our spring local elections, we dominated and are um, where I saw why ours elected city council, get reelected city council, a diverse slate of candidates of Asian, black, Hispanic, um, running and winning um, on the Republican ticket. And that was really cool to see for the local and for both the local elections in both parts of our year. Um, but, you know, one of our loads is it's, it's, you know, the big thing in the room is just not being able to do everything you want to do. Um, at the national level, while, you know, our, our leadership conference was totally canceled. Um, you know, I wasn't able to do my state uh, happy hour, which is our what we did chosen in lieu of a convention. Uh, we chose to do a happy hour, a party, essentially. So we weren't able to do that. Um, but, you know, but just even with those type of lows, I mean, I go back to the concept like Maria was talking about fundraising. I actually was able to still fundraise through Give the YRs $5, uh, which was a concept that was formed out of my finance team. Um, and it was attached. So every time we did a live stream, um, people would see Give the YRs $5. And I would consistently see small dollar donations come in, they would start adding up. And then we would do bigger events, we would see bigger donations come in for our um, general election cycles, things like that, which I thought was really cool um, because I hadn't seen that in Virginia. Something where people were just- Thomas, yeah. I don't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but I kind of stole your idea in Maryland and we were able to do the same thing. Um, I saw that and I thought it was genius. And so we found an inexpensive ornament and we, we charged $5 for our ornament. and we raised off of like, we had like a hundred ornaments or whatever. 
and we started getting larger donations as well. So yeah, um, thanks. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Oh, we're gonna still uh, and don't and 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 uh, Maria, I'm gonna steal the texting thing. I we're we were in talks about that with because I'm trying to build chapters across the state. So I'm gonna steal stuff for you guys too. So don't don't feel bad. This it's gonna be mutual mutual assured success. So I'm really glad that um, that we were able to get those ideas across. That's kind of yeah. the point of being chairs and why we have our national stage in the YRNF meetings because this is actually what we do is that we share ideas at our national meetings. It's actually a lot of fun. It's like, oh, wow, we could do that. Oh, let me try that because um, that's how we grow. It's iron sharpening iron. So that's really cool. But yeah, no, um, that's the biggest thing is actually, I think I'm one of the first chairs to actually say that I'm in a position to actually like probably pay for my convention without have a real professional traditional convention because I'm trying to help build the professionalism of the YRs. Um, and the perception is that we're just a party group, that we're like post-CRs and we're not. Um, we are young professionals we can, who can put on a good weekend. And, you know, that's one, of my, that's one of my biggest goals I want to do in my two years as chairman is to, you know, boost our exposure, actually do real deployments, and then finally look professional when we do them. And um, I'm, you know, pretty fortunate to say we were able to hit all those points on that end. So, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that was another high, but the other downside is, you know, just, um, a lot of my clubs just couldn't meet, um, you know, some of my clubs out West were like, oh, we have no restrictions because it's more conservative, but up in Northern Virginia, some parts of Hampton Roads where I live, Governor Northam and his policies, just, he would just like change his mind on a whim. And so a lot of clubs just couldn't meet the way that they wanted to. And, um, that was the downside. And I know a lot of my clubs were just bummed by that. They did the best they could with the digital call nights and the digital happy hours. They did the best they could, but they, they really just wanted to meet physically. Um, and, you know, even now we're at like gatherings of 10. So if I wanted to host like a happy uh, Christmas party for one of my federations who like really knocked out their goals, this cycle helped me achieve our national goals. I wouldn't be able to host it for them because, well, we can only meet with like 10 people. So that's the downside of it. But overall, I mean, good year. I feel that. And again, just adding on that previous comment, sharing is caring, guys. I'm pretty sure we all learned that way back in the day when we were in elementary school and grammar school, you know, uh, share the wealth. And it's better when we have multiple big brains put together thinking on the same problems to find the same solution. So I'm, I'm, I'm all there for that, man. Um, so to add kind of to the conversation, my highs and lows, I think my high for the year was just getting involved on in the local level. So the YRs obviously in DC weren't able to go to many places with deployments just due to the restrictions that were levied on us uh, by the municipal government, uh, by Mayor Mayor Bowser. So we had to get creative. So we did a lot of unique things at the local level where we were supportive of our local uh, candidates running for at-large city council and for ward-based seats. And we really put our heads together, came up with some creative ideas, whether it be helping the local party with, with mailers going out to, to voters, to texting, similar to what you guys have been doing, um, to phone banking, getting ward coordinators, and really just trying to put all of our chips on the table to help our local candidates. Uh, we are, of course, a very predominantly blue city, so we have a very, very big wall to overcome similar to that season in game of thrones where john and the wildlings climbed the big the great wall um to uh get on the other side so that was a challenge but a very rewarding one for sure my low is 
I'm one of the new faces on the DCYR executive board. So when we went up for our speeches in March with our election slated to take place later that month in person, we were definitely excited all the new names and faces that were running for specific races and all the ideas were flowing. We were cheersing over uh, Antarctica Coast, rest in peace, sad to see you go, uh, and just ready for a great year. And of course, what was laid out to us by our predecessors really didn't amount to anything just because of course, brand new year with COVID, we had to adapt and it forced us to adapt. And I think as a chapter for sure, we, we definitely met those challenges. And I think 2021 is gonna be a good year where we come back stronger, better, more agile and more creative at that. So those are kind of my highs and lows. Uh, I will remember 2020, 2020 for better or for worse, for sure. Um, looking at the time, we are nearing just a little, the towards the tail end of our recording session. So I just want to ask you guys, what's on the horizon? What's coming up in 2021 that you're looking for? Uh, is there any, anything excited, any plans, any trips, like I was asking sinners earlier? Uh, what are you guys looking for on that great, glorious horizon? Well, in Maryland, the big thing everyone keeps asking me about is uh, the YR roast. When is it getting rescheduled? Because we really want to come, uh, which I'm really happy about that. And I'm not even just talking about amongst our YRs. Our state party's like, um, I want to come. I heard this was great. And, you know, we weren't sure how our first one was going to go. And it ended up being a smashing success for our organization, uh, which was just hats off to our amazing YRs on, on our executive board that really worked to make that happen. And now everyone in the party's like, oh my gosh, I heard this was great. Like, like I, when is it going to be? We heard screening rescheduled and I'm like, well, we're hopefully looking to have it in late March and maybe a, early April. Uh, we'd like to do that. We're also looking in Maryland to put on our own conference of sorts in the fall. Um, so we'll do obviously our roast in the spring, convention in the summer, conference in the fall, but the conference in the fall is going to be focused on running for office. And so we're going to be working with auxiliaries, our state party, and doing trainings and trying to just kind of set up a conference where if you're interested in running for office, like you can come and learn about it. Things like filing in Maryland, what does that look like? Well, you know, things like putting together a team, what is required, and then kind of breaking it down based on what they're running for. So we want our candidates in 22 when that cycle happens, because I believe the filing deadline uh, for the, or the filing uh, window will be from November to, I believe, maybe February um, or March. I think it's going to end of February uh, of 22. So it's going to be that about four month window, I think. So we'd like to have that conference right beforehand. So people that are getting ready to file know what they're getting into, which can allow us to have a really good crop of candidates. Uh, and, and so that these candidates aren't starting from scratch, they know what's expected if they want to win and really get an understanding of what to run for, what are they in the position to run for and what, what are their strengths uh, and weaknesses and, and how can they leverage that uh, if they're going to run for office. So we're excited about that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited for the growing partnerships that we've done with our auxiliary groups and, and frankly, our local chapters as well, uh, because it's been really good and uh, the family of YRNF has always been wonderful with Thomas and Sinners and uh, the rest of our chapters that we're friends with. We've always seemed to work together really well, and I'm looking forward to that continuing. I know in th I know Thomas is going to talk about his elections next year that are crucial. Um, we kind of have a little bit of an off year. We have two mayoral races and a handful of locals, so we anticipate of ha to 
help Thomas as well in, in uh, Virginia, so. Oh, uh, yeah, well, Maria, no, I appreciate the love and, you know, I think uh, we're, we're, we're on the same brain brainwave um, because I'm thinking the same stuff, uh, but really the biggest thing first is to go through the convention process, um, which for me will probably, we're hoping May um, is what I'm planning it. Um, and, you know, getting gearing up for another election. One of the downsides of Virginia is there's no such thing as an off here. Um, we go right from federal to state, federal to state. And, you know, we, we have our gubernatorial and 100 House seats up. And that's the biggest thing we'll be looking at. And um, one of the things that I've asked to work with our party on, and I've already talked, started beginning talks with the staff, is identifying those top targeted races in the state so we can be the most effective. Um, um, and, you know, just really looking at the concept of the future of the uh of our partnership with our party as well and and that's going to be how we're going to be able to tackle um just the echo also is you know continuing our relationship with our teenage republicans um you know because that was one of the cool things is that they came up this year and we were able to be their big brothers and big sisters uh, to their executive committee and um you know some of my officers are engaged with them um at the both the local and state level so that's really cool um, but also really just continuing the live streams, because even if we go back into a traditional model, um, which I believe will happen this in 2021, people really actually like seeing those live streams. And it is a very good way to get information out to a mass of social media, um, especially if you use different types of softwares and things like that. You can actually live stream different pages so people can actually really... Um, engage them and be able to like comment and we can in interact on the live stream with them. So that's been really cool. Um, and that's the biggest thing I want to do that, continue to do that, introduce our new executive officers to our state party. Um, you know, as the candidate forums come up during session, um, our governor and the Democrats have basically barred people from attending to meet their legislators during our session. And so it's like, well, I have a way to fix that. Legislators come on wire live. You can talk about and give your updates. Your constituents, we can say, if you live in this district in these localities and you know this is your senator, you can ask them questions on our live stream and talk to them. And we're going to open that up. And also with our candidates running for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, if they want to come on our live stream and talk about the race, they're welcome to do it. We're open to all candidates, regardless of who we may personally endorse our personal capacities. Um, you're welcome to come on our live stream and talk about your race and why you should be the Republican nominee. Because at the end of the day, it's we got to take back Virginia. So, but that's on the horizon, but really the biggest thing is club, rebuilding our clubs, club development, and really just engaging the Federation um, physically again. I like that. Take back Virginia. It is going to be a very big year for Virginia, for our friends across the Potomac, and I'm sure we're going to be there to help you every step of the way. Uh, I think just for DC's sake, I think every one of us is just itching to get back to the Capitol Hill Club for our monthly meetings. I, I, I miss it. I miss the Eisenhower room. I miss the staff. And I just like, I just miss being all there together. So I, I would hope that that would be our first step on the horizon, getting back there and getting all back together and seeing everybody and catching up with one another after a very long year and looking forward towards the future. So in our final minutes, guys, I want to give it back to you. Um, for those of our members out there, whether you're living in Virginia, Maryland, or DC, what are your final parting words to them? Uh, you know, we're closing out the year. What do you have to say? Well, I have to say is we have a lot ahead of us that, and a lot of good 
uh, despite, you know, we had some really good gains in, in Congress this year, and hopefully we'll hold on to the Senate as we talked about earlier on. But overall, it's a good year in terms of for politics for Republicans, because I do feel there's a lot to build. Uh, we're not in a phase where we are com too comfortable. I think, you know, we're kind of a little bit, you know, shaken a little bit. So it'll allow for growth. And I feel when we're, there's a little bit of that discomfort, there's a way for us to grow. And I think we're going to be able to do that amongst our respective YR chapters. We're going to be doing, I think, a lot of party building, which I think is important and it needs to be focused on, I think, a little bit more than it has been. And I think the YRs usually take the lead on that. So I just, I just have to say, you know, if you want to join the YRs in Maryland, you can go to our website at mdyrs.org and you can sign up there and you can get involved if, and well if you're in Maryland. But uh, there's going to be a lot going on and I'm looking forward to seeing where the year goes. And I just think overall as a party, we're, we are positioned to be successful in 2022 as well. So, you know, just echoing that, I, I agree. I mean, the diversity of what's coming to Congress on our side of the aisle is proof that the Republican party is still a party for everyone. And, you know, it, that is something that has been probably one of the most encouraging things about this cycle. It has, it, it, we didn't get the results of the top. It looks like at the top that we want. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately it's looking that way, but when I look at what's happened and look at what has been, what all the success that we've had in the past four years, I look at people coming to the party because they see promises made, promises kept by our president. And I was like, there is a future for this party. And I, and I think that there is a bigger tent happening, um, but we all have to come together. Um, philosophical views, um, you know, genders, orientations, race, we all have to come together and we all have to come to our message to the Republican party is follow through with empathy um, and good policy it will always lead to success. Kitchen table issues always will win. And I think we're going to see that um, in Georgia. I think at the end of the day, people are going to see that, that, that you got you to gotta, you gotta vote red um, because they're already seeing what, what this incoming administration is planning to do, um, the type of things that they're doing in Washington now with the gridlock. Um, we need some strong conservative leadership. Um, in our legislators. And we also need strong and conservative leadership in our state governments. I mean, Virginia, I got to say it again, you know, we have a gubernatorial race coming up. Um, we have a lot on, we have a huge opportunity to really bring back some good sanity to some state government in my home, in my home Commonwealth. So, you know, I think my advice to my federation is, to, as I always tell them is, I say the line fight like hell. I live it and breathe it. Um, I mean, I, when I mean fight like hell, I mean fight like hell in your communities, fight like hell for your voice at the table, and fight like hell for the Republican Party, because she's worthy to be fought for. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters, and that's all why we're all here, is for that, 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 that message of the Republican Party's principles of limited government, fiscal responsibility, strong national defense, good schools, um, freedom of conscience. And that's what brings that will bring us to victory, continue to bring us to victory. So in 2022, when Virginia's up in Maryland, ensuring that they maintain the governor's mansion or, you know, or whatever, we're going to, it's going to be those issues that bring it home for again, because if we forget that we're not going to win. So my advice is fight like hell and um, keep it, keep it to the kitchen table. 
Couldn't have said it better. We're the parties. We are the party of great ideas, ideas that work, and we need you out there listening to us uh, to get involved, stay involved, and join us as we reclaim these state houses, these mayors, these city council districts, and all of the above. So, Thomas, Maria, thank you so much for your time tonight. It was great to hear from you both. Glad you all are staying health, healthy and happy, and I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, and until next time, listeners, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. On behalf of the D.C. Young Republican Executive Board, we thank you for listening to the District Download. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and share this episode with your friends. The District Download is currently available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and wherever else you may listen to podcasts. Thank you.